have one of the high profile tennis players today with us, Mr. Wim Fissett. He has worked and produced some of the greatest tennis players in women's game, and he has immensely contributed to the sport. And all his contributions have simply led, have simply given a new direction to tennis. And uh, he has trained Grand Slam champions, including the likes of the legend Kim Kleisters, Ashley Kerber, Victoria Azarenka, Simona Halep, and Naomi Osaka, and many more. So, Wim, a warm welcome to our show, and very thank you very much for your time. So we at Essentially Sports, we cover almost 11 sports right now. And we started off in the year 2014. And we are a digital sports media house and we cover tennis exclusively. Oh, fantastic. So thank you so much well, once again. Yes, and thanks for having me. Thanks for all the kind words. I really appreciate it. And mm -hmm. it's good to be, um, be at the show. And how, how have you been? I'm... I'm doing, I'm doing good. Um, I'm currently mm -hmm. at home in Belgium, mm -hmm. living the mm -hmm. normal life uh, with my family, mm -hmm. um, two young mm -hmm. kids. Um, currently still between jobs. So mm -hmm. uh, we stopped with Naomi at, uh, in the middle of the summer in July. Mm -hmm. And now just waiting for, let's say, the right opportunity mm -hmm. to, to go back on the tour mm -hmm. with, with the right mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. So, who is the right player? So, when do we see you coaching in the near future or for the Australian summer? Do, do we get to see you? Probably not. Um, I have been um, mm -hmm. speaking to a few players in the past uh, months, but nothing really, let's say, worked out uh, for, for both. And uh, what, mm -hmm. is, what is the right player? I mean, um, I think there are different kind of players that I, that I, that I like, um, but the right player is definitely ambitious and ready to, um, to develop more. That doesn't matter what ranking, if it's top five in the world or top 50 in the world, but really ready to develop mm -hmm. day by day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's... it's um, is is ambitious to maybe try to win Grand Slams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So by looking at your resume, I could say like you have always chosen the correct players. You have always, you know, let them to enjoy the pinnacle of their careers. So, so I think you know who is the right player. I mean, it's it's always so let's yeah, my, it's always mm -hmm. difficult to say. I think yes. I'm, I'm super happy with my path until until now the last 12 years have been really exceptional and i really like like appreciate that and i i, I love the, the the career i've had so far mm -hmm. and uh, but every every new player is also like a new start and and after speaking like a few times you don't really don't know what you're gonna get so it's always um yeah um you always have some question and it's always surprising when you when you start a new partnership but i'm definitely like ready for it and and i'm excited for the future and uh, excited who will come on my path uh, as a next player all right so let's rewind the clock a little bit what motivated you to take to take up tennis coaching what made you dive into tennis coaching as and take take it up as a career yeah well it's it's a long story, but it starts with like tennis really being my absolute passion in my life. Since the first time I picked up my my racket, I I loved playing tennis, being on a tennis court, and I still do. Uh, every day I'm I'm every time I'm on a on a tennis court, I'm I'm really happy. So that's the start, of course. Um, but um, I was a a solid player in Belgium. I tried a bit internationally. It didn't work out. Um, it's definitely not it's not easy. And to be honest, like uh, I also didn't really believe in in the path of becoming an international coach because let's say nobody in Belgium has done it before, and you know it was just like how do you get into that? So how do you get onto the tour? And so actually, I started working in a company after I studied and and actually was coaching a little bit on the side to earn to earn a little bit of extra money. But I, I did enjoy it, and I enjoyed like different different levels of play from 
not really beginners, but very young players, still like very, very good, uh, very good juniors. And there was this uh, moment um, when there was in Belgium, a small WTA event in Belgium, and they were actually looking for hitting partners. And since it was in my hometown, I was like, okay, I, I would like to do that. Why not? And then is actually the moment that I met Kim Kleisters um, again, because actually when we were young, we practiced uh, together for three years. So we met again and I was her personal hitting partner for that week. And step by step, I, I was realizing, hey, this this is actually a nice life and, and uh, to, to follow the tennis tour, to be on the tour. And then one a little bit, uh, step by step, sometimes I went to practice with and there was a moment then she took me on um, uh, on a tournament as a hitting partner and those that that was really a moment where i felt like hey this this could be really something for me so i went um yeah i, w I went to develop myself as a, as a coach um i i i did all the coach courses in belgium but also went to lots of international uh, seminars mm -hmm. uh i i probably read all the books at that time that were available just I wanted to be I wanted to be an expert you know um, if you do something you have to do it the right way and and uh, that's actually how step by step I grew into the yeah coaching job so speaking about Kim Kleisters she is a legend on the WTA tour still she is and both of you heal from the same country your compatriots mm -hmm. and when you had that partnership with her, it was her second innings of her career. Yeah. She was coming back from her pregnancy, her diet, after delivering a kid and everything. And at the U.S. Open 09, she was a wildcard entrant and she beat Bartoli, Flipkins, Venus Williams, Serena Williams, and then finally Caroline Wozniacki in the finals. So can you tell us something about that magical moment? How did that happen? Well, the, the magical hope uh, moment um, happened actually mm -hmm. about eight months before when she decided to come back, right? Um, it was eight months that we had the time. And it was mm -hmm. also a moment where we it was a complete new start and where it was like from Kim 1.0 and to Kim 2.0, the new and better version of her that's something that we created and like like all with all my the players i work with everything starts with like a, a with a good plan and a, and a vision like how are we going to be successful and with kim it was definitely a little bit different than in our first career we wanted to be like the more aggressive players player use her phenomenal ground strokes a little bit more um be less of a of a defensive player than she was in her first career so we didn't want to see that that super split everyone wanted to see you know um on the court her defensive forehand slides in, in a split but we didn't want to see that anymore because we want to see the dominant player on the baseline and um i think we just had like uh, yeah the, the seven months preparation were unbelievable like every day was was such a pleasure and, and hard work and um, with with very strong team and then of course we had the the first comeback tournament in cincinnati where um, she had to play number 12 in the world and that was like bartoli and i remember just the, the night before she of course came at a lot of questions like Am I gonna? Am I still good enough? Can I still do it? And I told her like like do, the way I see it, there is really nobody that is able to beat you when you're when you're gonna be on your best. So you really have to believe in yourself. And I I do believe you're the strongest player out there. And so the first match she immediately wins against Bartoli in Cincinnati, and that was of course a big confidence boost. And she won a few matches after, and also in Toronto. And then, of course, the U.S. Open, that was, of course, her favorite tournament, the tournament, the Grand Slam that she won before, but probably the toughest draw you can um, you can imagine. But on the other hand, that was also the, the purpose of her of her comeback. You know, she she wanted to come back to to beat the best players at, at the biggest stages. Yeah. So that was that was her goal. So that's where where like mm -hmm. she she almost um, 
fulfilled all her goals in 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 one in one tournament so it was like it was incredible she was it it looked like she was never away she she was the best player out there and um yeah it was it was a phenomenal yeah team feeling there and us open 09 was simply a surreal moment for tennis for tennis world indeed like she entered the club of mothers with grand slam champions with eva gulagong and uh, margaret crot and that was uh, that was that's a definitely a remarkable moment that took place also not just us open 09 both of you won altogether three hard court slams mm-hmm. so after achieving all all this incredible feat what is that one incredible moment that stands out with kim clysis for you um it's it's hard but i like i i still say that uh, the us open the complete tournament 09 i mean that's that's so oh, special yeah. to to come back after like giving birth and then have like the third tournament you play which is like ex- exception mm-hmm. like unbelievable you're not seeded um you play all the best players in the world like that's mm-hmm. it's just like perfection in execution i would say you know like you get you get challenged in so many ways uh, and then yeah you just win the tournament so that was really uh, exceptional and like like you say like she she changed um a lot for like wta because if you see now how many players out there um with children on the tour um she made or she showed the world that you can do it as a mother and maybe you're you can come back stronger as a mother and before that because we're such an uh, such a generation where everyone is physically so, so strong mm-hmm. where for sure there were doubts before but she showed everyone you can you can do it as a mother so that was like i think she yeah she opened a lot of like um or she opened um, a lot of opportunities for a lot of players speaking about tennis players as mothers you coached another talented incredible and a ferocious player on tour who's who's mm-hmm. a mother right now and a tennis player victoria azarenka mm-hmm. with victoria azarenka both of you lifted the sunshine double in the united states which was again another incredible feat i think after mm-hmm. steffi graf it was azarenka who did it and uh, kim kim did it in 2005 kim, but I, kim, I i was not i was not there coaching you were not she did there. it okay kim also did it in 05 so how was it working with vika for you well vika was was very special for me mm-hmm. because um because first of before we start working together like my wife was pregnant and i honestly mm-hmm. I did not believe I could combine the family life with coaching on like the highest or the best players on the tour. And so when her agent called me, I I told him, "Hey, like I I would love to coach Vika, like she's a phenomenal player. I really believe in her, but it's not possible because my wife's going to give birth. I can't travel like all the weeks and and you know, it's it's just too difficult." and from the first moment her agent and vika herself they told me that's absolutely no problem and when you need to be at home for the family you can be at home but you're always welcome to bring the family and it's going to is going to be great all together and it's going to work out we'll make sure it's work out so i was actually really positively surprised because i almost gave up my international career and vika really showed me that I, that i can do it and it was mm-hmm. it was never a problem it was always like really nice to have the mm-hmm. family there when when i was coaching her but so that's a, that was a, of course a very important first step but mm-hmm. vika was a fantastic player to coach because she's um, she's such a hard worker and mm-hmm. and always has that unbelievable focus on 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 the practice court she's i mean i wouldn't say she, the player that's always like fist pumping on on a practice court mm-hmm. when she when she does something she was really working on when she hits like the perfect return and that's uh, that's I, i would say that is that is vika like so so focused mm-hmm. training um yeah we we had a we had a really good time um mm-hmm. like you say the sunshine double was unbelievable uh, after that of course she she was pregnant 
and um, it was it was so nice working with her. That's why also in uh, in 2019 I went I went back to Fika because I felt mm -hmm. our our story wasn't one is finished together. But yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't the best year. But still, like mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed that partnership. Mm -hmm. So as you said, like Vika is really hardworking and. What were the technical nuances that you developed in uh, Vika's game? Because to me, Vika has one of the best backhands in, in the women's game for sure. And also mm -hmm. in the tennis, entire like men's tennis and women's tennis, her backhand is admired a lot. So can you please highlight the technical nuances that you developed in Vika's game? Well, um, the backhand is definitely maybe the best backhand on the women's store. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, I learned a lot from Vika. So that's the interesting part. Mm -hmm. The backhand side that was already also before my time, it was one of the best shots at women's tennis. And I learned, I learned a lot from it, how to like, how to develop it better and how to like activate the right muscles. So I learned a lot from her and used it actually with, with other players I work with. That's the interesting mm -hmm. part, but we definitely worked more on the surf. The surf before that was an issue um not enough power on the first serve and the, the the second serve a little bit more unstable so that was a that was a very important point and also we we tried to make the forehand a little bit of a bigger weapon uh than than in the past and um yeah for for me it was of course unfortunate that that she was pregnant uh 2016 because she was for me like on the way um mm -hmm. to become number one that mm -hmm. that year she she won brisbane quarterfinals australian open sunshine double she won so she was mm -hmm. she was almost like unbeatable but of course mm -hmm. uh things like that happen and as a coach you um yeah that's you have to accept that of course mm -hmm. uh another talented player that you coached simona halep like under you she made it to the quarterfinals of a grand slam for the very first time in her career and it was in melbourne and later at the French Open, she was the finalist and she was playing Maria Sharapova. And that final lasted yep. for three long hours. And also like a few weeks later, she was there in the semifinals of Wimbledon. But presently, <clears throat> Halep, she's going through a tough time, a rocky road. She's traveling. Her personal life has taken a toll and everything that is going around her. So do you have any word, uh, consolation words for her? What would you like to t tell her right now? Well, I I think personally, um, her biggest problem right now is, of course, the, the doping, right? Um, that she's suspended and can't play. Um, mm -hmm. The way I know Simona, like, there is zero doubt that that wasn't on, on purpose or she never wanted mm -hmm. to do that. So probably something yeah happened or or like she maybe didn't check her drink the right way or uh, it's difficult to say but i'm 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 really certain she's 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 an honest player and she's she's definitely not not a cheater never cheated in matches or did something um so yeah i just want to wish her like of course a lot of strength mental strength to to stay mm -hmm. tough in this in this uh difficult times um the the world has has enjoyed her tennis so much for the past it's already eight nine years at the top of, of women's mm -hmm. tennis and it's always a pleasure to see her fight and uh, to see her play great tennis on the court and mm -hmm. i think everyone's looking forward to to see her back on the tour and uh, mm -hmm. especially all the romanian fans all over the world <laughs> yeah I think definitely she'll come back like even in her game if you see she's a set down breakdown she turns around the table pretty quickly so Halep is someone who never gives up so we wish exactly her she's a recovery. she's a true fighter yes she's a true mm -hmm. fighter and she will mm -hmm. stay like that for sure also you were coaching Joanna Conta uh, while you were with her, she attained her career high rankings. She was Britain's number one tennis player. She was getting a lot of media attention and immense pressure from all over the country. And also, she was one of the biggest hopes for a Grand Slam contenders from the UK. So, How did you guys manage with 
the immense pressure, expectations from the British media? Well, um, Joanna was, was uh, one of the first players was traveling also a lot with, uh, with a mental coach. Okay. So the, the working mentally was, was a very important part for her. It's something yeah, she struggled with when she was young, like most of the junior players and uh, transitioning to the tour. So the mental part was super important for her to, to speak on a daily basis with an, with an expert. And I'm, I'm sure like that, that really helped during, during that time, um, to stay in the moment, not to, I don't know, start dreaming or focus too much on everything, what's going around and, and the yeah thousands or 10,000 of people watching from, from everywhere and, and, uh, just focus on, on on her tennis and on trying to win win the matches day uh, day by day or match by match so i think like when when we were there i i still remember it quite well we were in, in our team we were, um i don't know staying together and and yeah just focusing on on what we needed to focus on and that was like trying to beat the next the next opponent and uh, it was a phenomenal tournament she played. She played great matches, and the atmosphere mm -hmm. of the fans was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I still feel like it's very unfortunate she didn't play her best match against Venus. Uh, otherwise, mm -hmm. yeah, she could have done better. But it was still a fantastic, fantastic mm -hmm. tournament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah, to be honest, like I, I did feel because like, during the tournament we were staying, we we're trying to stay in inside our small bubble, mm -hmm. but. After uh, I, I definitely felt there was like a lot of pressure and the expectations was super high from uh, from the press and and just on her. So after after Wimbledon was a little bit more difficult to to control mm -hmm. that and yeah, mm -hmm. it was also I feel for every player like going that far in a Grand Slam is an experience and you need to mm -hmm. learn how to how to deal with that. And for her that was also mm -hmm. definitely something something new and and uh, yeah, mm -hmm. but she did well with that. So. Speaking about the mental coaches, so like it helped Joanna Conta very well. And presently, if I'm not wrong, Iga Swiatek, Om Streber, all of them have mental coaches on their team. So do you yeah. think in the near future, everybody on the tennis circuit will be traveling with a mental coach? Not necessarily travel mm -hmm. with someone, but but have someone in the team. You know, like mm -hmm. we have the, they have the the team that travels. That's usually the coach, mm -hmm. sometimes hitting partner, like physio. Mm -hmm. But you also have like people in your team that are not traveling. Like you have your probably the doctor you always go to, or some some mm -hmm. other experts. Mm -hmm. And the mental coach is just is just um, part of a tennis team these days. I think that's that's really normal. Mm -hmm. um, like. You you work men you you work physically hard you work tactically technically hard, I mean it's it's also normal that you that you work mentally, mm -hmm. and if you want to work mentally you work with experts so so I do feel that's 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 a normal thing to have, and when you mm -hmm. see it in in um, in academies big academies they have like mental coaches if you see federations where where young players junior train they all. Yeah, I think it's it's just part of top sport. Yeah, just like big managers also speak to some mental coaches that that can help them uh, mm -hmm. have uh, stay stay in the right moment or stay in the right zone. So I do feel it's important. Yeah. So in few years down the line, I think everybody will be having not necessarily traveling, but at least a personal mental doctor or a mental coach on their team. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's a big information that you have given us. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's mm. it started with I think 15 mm. years ago. There were some players traveling with a with a physio, mm. and it was already pretty special. And now it mm. has become the new normal. The new and normal. you know, the, the 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 last two years, like there have been a lot of yeah mm. people speaking about the mental health and and uh, mm. yeah, everyone realizes also it's it's just it's just normal. To speak to someone when you're on, on the highest level there's so much challenges there's no so much pressure on you um 
expectations and yeah you can speak to your parents or to your friends or to to your coach but why not speak to an expert so yeah. i think it's always if you have the opportunity to work with experts mm -hmm. like you should do that okay so yeah change is the only constant so everything will be a normal in few years time so speaking i think about, so yes. yeah speaking about in the year 2018 serena williams she was juggling between breastfeeding and professional tennis <laughs> And despite her maternity hiatus, within less than a year, she came back and she made it to the finals of Wimbledon. And you were also there during that Wimbledon final, but you were sitting in her opponent's box, which was Angelique Kerber. Kerber, that year, I remember she played fantastic tennis. She defeated the GOAT in straight sets, I believe. And... Yeah. So how was that entire uh, Wimbledon for you? Like Wimbledon, definitely for a tennis fan, for a tennis player, winning Wimbledon is the highlight of their career. So how was that special moment for you? And against Serena, who had previously won that title seven times. Yeah. Um, starts with, uh, first of all, the, the right play, plan and confidence. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I felt like, I mean, the whole year, um, Angelique was playing really well. She played semis in Australia and, and for her quarters, actually after a tough clay court season, clay court was not her uh, specialty, absolutely not, but she made it to the quarters and that was already like a very, very good start for her to, to have like, to go into the grass court season with a lot of confidence. And she knew like grass court was her best surface. And we had a fantastic uh, training week in Mallorca where she also played the tournament. And that was the level she was playing there. I, I could, we, we could all see her like win Wimbledon there. So very important. And then we had one um, preparation tournament. It was in, um, in uh, Birmingham, not, not in Birmingham, mm -hmm. was in, in, yeah, was on the grass East in, in England. Eastburn, uh, East yes, 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 yes. And Angelique was playing great. And she had to play uh, Wozniacki. And Angelique had a match point. But what happened there, and that was typically something that could happen to, to Angelique, that she was very passive and more defensive. And then the match changed and she lost. she lost the match where I believe that was a huge moment because that was also the moment we could speak and say, okay, Angelique, that's not going to happen in Wimbledon, right? Like if you have the chance to win, you're going to take it in your own hands and you're going to play aggressive and you're going to try to win the point yourself. You're not going to wait for the opponent to make an error. Like when there is an opportunity, you're going to be aggressive. Like let's, let's make a deal. That's how we're going to win Wimbledon. And I feel that's really how she she won how she won Wimbledon. It's um, to be honest, she didn't start good. Uh, I, I I knew she was very confident she could win Wimbledon. She had lots of pressure, so the first two matches were actually not good at all. Until we had to play Osaka in the in the third round, and uh, I remember talking to her. I said. Angelique, you have like one chance and you have to be like, she's going to expect you to just bring the balls back, but you have to be aggressive. You're not going to be aggressive. You're not going to try to make the winners yourself. You have no chance. And that was like one of the best matches she played there. And uh, from there on, I, I think she really kept her level. Um, she, she was, yeah, very tough to beat. Um, she was serving pretty well for her was never the best server but she served well that tournament and i think she yeah she played uh, she played really really well and uh, winning wimbledon it was for her was her dream but also my dream uh, i was in the final in 2012 um, uh, with lisiki but uh, this was a unique opportunity to beat um, serena in the final was I mean, it was the complete package. Wimbledon final, you yeah, play yeah. Serena, the best, the best player all time, and you win, uh, you win that match. That was phenomenal, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so wonderful to know. Like, just by playing aggressive, attacking tennis, uh, Angelique pulled off the Venus water, uh, rose water dish, correct? 
I like Angelique is is mm. uh, is known everyone for her like fighting and mm. and and defensive skills. And um, I always said to her like that's your if you want to play that tennis that's going to bring you to the quarterfinals. But then it's mm. over. Mm-hmm. The best Angelique, the, the Angelique that's going to win tournaments, that's going to be the aggressive, aggressive Angelique. Mm-hmm. Because I always felt before I coached uh, Angelique, I had to coach a few times against her. Mm-hmm. And every time she was, she was really taking the initiative, mm-hmm. she was offensive. That's always where she was the most dangerous. So that was really clear to me that, mm-hmm. that that's the way she had to play. And uh, yeah. So, so after all your thriving achievements, working with all top-notch players, Grand Slam champions. Uh, You were there in so so many Grand Slam finals. And then also WTA Tour Championships. Also, you you won with Kim Kleisters. After everything, all these big achievements, you joined hands with another established player who had multiple slams to her name, Naomi Osaka. How did that alliance begin? And how did the icebreaker between you and Osaka look like? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it was uh, the season when I was with, uh, with Victoria Zarenka. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, like Vika had some personal issues and um, to be honest, at the end of the season, it, it we, we didn't know where her life and her career was going. She had a lot of questions. So it was a little bit uncertain for me. And right at that time, I was contacted by, by Naomi's agent if I was available. So really uh, an honest conversation I had with, with Vika and asked her what, what's, what's, what direction are you going? And because I have to make this decision and we we decided it was better for me to uh, to go with uh, with Naomi. Of course, there was also a unique opportunity um, from from the potential. I I don't think after after Serena there has been such a player like Naomi. The potential is 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 unreal. Uh, she has everything to to yeah to be the best player in the world. And that was for me a huge opportunity to 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 take, and and uh, and so I started at the end of of uh, nineteen um, with Naomi in uh, in Los Angeles. So it was it was uh, really interesting, as you know, Naomi is is um, especially at that time. Also, it, she's not the most open person, but she's she's super kind and super nice. Like, of course, I didn't I didn't push her. It was more like. Okay, let's step by step get to know each other. Her her parents were around, and the rest of her team was around. And without forcing, just do the work. And again, start with a clear plan. What are we going to work on? What are the goals for the next year? And um, yeah, just the, the day by day. And ironically, you had to play against Vika twice after 10 months. So it was in Cincinnati, but unfortunately, Naomi had to withdraw from that big match. And then a week, uh, two weeks later in the U.S. Open final, both of them played a spectacular match. So you were against Vika. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was really tough because, first of all, I... Yeah, I, w- I would have been very happy for Victoria because after yeah the tough year she had like to play a final is is was incredible and was I was really happy for her. On the other side, it was also ha- difficult mm-hmm. for me um, to co- coach mm-hmm. against someone I know so well mm-hmm. because Naomi is also she's a player I I I like she's she's got great intuition on the court she understands the game well but also I. I couldn't give her like too much information. So I have like all this information about Victoria Azarenka. Mm -hmm. I almost could predict every ball she would play. Mm -hmm. And then I have my player, Naomi, who is, who is a great, fantastic player, very intuitive, but I couldn't give her too much information. So I had really had to select, okay, what, what uh, information do I give Mm -hmm. her? And still, after like watching the first, let's say, set and a half, I felt that mm-hmm. I maybe overcoached her because because she was I don't she know was she was struggling. Naomi was struggling. She, she couldn't she couldn't 
she was struggling. She couldn't play free. Uh, I don't know. Vika was playing like very, very well. So it really took took Naomi some time to really like play her best tennis, and I'm I'm super happy she did that. Only after the match, I I did not overcoach mm-hmm. her. I prepared her to the match like all the other matches. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, yeah, it was it was fantastic to win to win that U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a tough tough time. Uh, months we could not play with with COVID, no tournaments. Um, but also there, we had an for us, we we had uh, a lot of months, the time to become a better player, to develop, and and I think especially the first months that Naomi that there was no tennis, and I was in Belgium, I couldn't travel for her also to have a few months without tennis, mm-hmm. to to clear the head and to to really look for that that motivation again uh i think that that really helped and then then the months we had to to make her a better player that that was definitely the part of the success mm-hmm. for that us open i think it's a really difficult job when you are coaching someone you are really you become good friends with them ultimately and you know each other in mm-hmm. and out your training tactics their playing tactics and everything and one fine day you need to play against them and it's really difficult like to contradict you know each and every ball that they are playing so i think your job is a really really tough <laughs> in indeed it it is tough right mm-hmm. because yeah i mean coaching is always you know the strengths mm-hmm. the weakness of that opponent you know the strengths weakness of my, of my mm-hmm. player okay what are we going to do are we going to focus on mm-hmm. their weaknesses maybe on our strengths it's always mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's you have a lot of stats um it's it's you always have to think what mm-hmm. information are we going to give the player what does she need mm-hmm. today so it's it's yeah the the better you know your player also the better you can help them and mm-hmm. um, but it also depends a little bit from from day to day how much information are we going to give mm-hmm. her today so it's it's yeah it's interesting it's a it's fascinating job. job so beginning of the year 2020 was really difficult for Naomi Osaka uh she was the defending champion yep. at the Australian Open but she was knocked out in the third round by Coco Gauff and two days later Kobe Bryant passed away it was a really tragical moment for the sporting community indeed and that had affected osaka immensely she her performance was her, her it affected her on court performance as well but how, how did the entire team deal with that uh, tragic incident it was it was difficult because like after um nomi lost <clears throat> early in the in the australian open she flew home and of course we wanted to give her a little bit of time for herself to regroup and and uh we were going to see her like a week later at the mm-hmm. fed cup in in spain uh where team japan had to play spain and then the the tragic accident happened so it was it was a lot uh it was it was very difficult but then i think four five five days later we saw her in in spain um and it was it was a really difficult moment because she was very emotional and she was going through probably the most difficult time in her life that was clear and it on the court she could she could not really play well because she was she was just too emotional but because of everything what happened like we were as a as a team we were really able to to connect and to to have to really start open conversations um so she she expressed her feelings and and that was really because i started in december and that was february so I, i didn't get to know her very well and that was for my, for myself a very important moment to to really speak to her and and open conversation how she was feeling and how she was dealing with certain stuff and and how some things affected her and yeah and from i feel from on we were like we were a true team and we were um we felt all free to to speak to each other very openly that's and it's also let's say the the moment she she re- realized um 
because um, before she lost to Coco Gauff or before that match, I felt there was like she had a lot of tension, but she couldn't really speak about it. So we were not able to get a really good conversation before that match. And after we had that week in Spain, it was definitely like very different. Like she was expressing her feelings before matches because she, she, she had mm-hmm. trust in the team that we could help her. And, you know, that's if you don't speak about a problem, we can also can't help you solve the problem. So that's, that's a start. And, and, um, for for that reason, it was a really good week for us. I think with the tour going off right after she lost that Fed Cup match, I think she regrouped her well. Her team her team helped her to regroup her well. Correct. Yes, very well. And I saw. I remember preparing mm-hmm. for Indian Wells, and I was confident she mm-hmm. was going to win Indian Wells because she was she was practicing so well and such intensity, so good focus. She really like. She regrouped and she wanted to show the whole world that Naomi Osaka was still the best player in the world, and uh, and that was very unfortunate. Yeah, Indian Wells didn't yeah. happen, but after that, she 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 continued with that attitude. But ultimately, like in Cincinnati, she was there in the finals. Then again, two weeks later, she won the U.S. Open. So, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is Naomi is not just a great tennis player. She has also become a global icon right now. Even people who outside tennis they recognize her as like she's one of the one one of the best tennis players from Asia. To you, like who is Naomi? What mm-hmm. are her best qualities? And just as a human being, not as a tennis player. Well, she's she's a great person, great heart. Um, she's, I, I mean, we. A lot of people have watched her Netflix show. I think I I I, I do think that's mm-hmm. it's real, but it's also like just one part of mm-hmm. Naomi. Uh, I've seen a lot of times a very very funny mm-hmm. Naomi. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they didn't show that too much. But she's she's funny. She's she's um, she's happy um, um, most of the time. Um, not always like um, speaking about. Um, the tennis court but also in her private life so i see her like happy with with her friends with her family um it was a real pleasure to to work with her for yeah about almost three years um always and always uh respectful to to her team and the people around her or to the people we meet i don't know who work in the hotel or or we see on the street always takes time to to make a photo with with fans uh it was never never an issue so a really kind kind girl but also like a true champion so that's always that that's interesting mix uh when yeah on the court she was she was a real champion she she hated losing um she was really tough uh, mentally but in life she was yeah just a very kind kind girl yeah that's how i would describe her great to hear about me so much information so speaking about the women's tour in general <laughs> the competition is rising day by day we see new slams slam champions new faces every slam and a lot of people say like there is a lot of inconsistency in women's game but on the contrary we do we do hear people say there's a lot of competition versatility and depth in women's game but what is your take on that yeah <clears throat> the depth has uh, changed a lot last 10 years like uh, a top 50 player is 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 not far away from a from a t- top 20 level and on a on a good day a, a top 50 and a, maybe not the perfect day for a top 20 it's it's almost the same level so it's it's um every every round is like a final i would say you have to be at your best and those let's say 10 years ago that was a little bit that was a bit different but uh, that has changed a lot um i do feel when we speak about grand slams and in in men's tennis, you have the best of best of five, of course, and that that changes a lot. If I'm certain, if it would be best of three, you would also see a lot more upsets. Mm-hmm. 
than we see we see now but because it's 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 mentally complete different if Djokovic loses the first set there's absolutely no problem the the other one has to has to keep his phenomenal highest level ever for another another two sets if he wants to beat beat Novak and Novak and Rafa and also Federer in, in his years they just stayed very calm or they lose a second set you know okay they still have to win and, and it's a different it's a it's very different if you play best of three and you lose the first set maybe you had a bad start well if you're known to play your best tennis immediately it could be over and that's a moment where you can get a bit nervous oh like i lost i lost the first set now i have to i can't afford like a break or something like that and, and it can it can be very quickly so if it's best of three like the consistency we have seen the past 20 years in men's tennis will for sure change a little. I don't know how much it will, but it will change. And um, yeah, in women's tennis, yeah, there's uh, yeah a lot of a lot of grand, different Grand Slam mm -hmm. champions. But I do feel uh, that with the number one we have, like Iga, she's mm -hmm. she I feel like she will consistent and she will stay there for for a few years. She's mm -hmm. going to be very tough to beat. Um, still working on herself, developing, and she's hungry to 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 become a better version of herself, mm -hmm. to win a lot of Grand Slams. So, I I I think we're gonna see mm -hmm. a little bit more consistency there in the so next year. Do you so. think Iga Swiatek will continue her consistency, and she will become a game changer? Will she be associated with the Williams? What the Williams sisters did, what Kim Clijsters did, in in Jersey? I think I I think she is already a little bit of a game changer, and in fact, the way she um, the way she plays and the way the way athletic mm -hmm. she is, like I feel like we come from first of all the generation where it was a kind of a chess mm -hmm. players, you know, the the old days, and then we had Steffi Graf and then Celis, and then we had of course the the, the power generation with 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 mm -hmm. Serena and Venus and 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 also Kim and mm -hmm. and other players um and i feel like then we had like the the generation that's also like very mm -hmm. very athletic but now it's like it's 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 a lot of power it's they're all super athletic but it's also more variation into the game we get like we get the forehand slice defense. We get a good backhand slice. We get the net game as well. So it's more. I feel like it's all coming like together closer to men's tennis, like than than a few years back. So for me, Iga um, doesn't have the biggest serve mm -hmm. yet. Maybe uh, I think she she's working on that. She will improve that. But like great ground strokes, super athletic defensively super strong offensive she got a lot of variation so for me in that way she's she's already like you know, a bit of a game changer but i think technology is also playing a role in that like you explained the evolution of the game it was like a chess game before and when william systems were dominating it was more about power and right now it's more about the technique and everything so i think technology is technology is playing its mm. role in changing the game with the tennis players evolving themselves correct 100 percent. Mm. yeah technology helps you also to um or and helps the coach to to develop the player it's, it's very clear in stats where the player needs to improve or can improve and and uh, yeah it's it's really helps the day-to-day um, coaching and development. Yeah. So speaking about your professional career, you have always been with female tennis players. Why didn't you train male <laughs> professionals or why did you choose ATP over WTA? I love working with the women so Why much. Why is it like <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Um, um, never really had the opportunity mm -hmm. to work mm -hmm. in men's tennis. To be honest, uh, I, I would be I would be interested, mm -hmm. of course, to to also work with some mm -hmm. some male players. I don't think it's a big difference. I mean, technically, it's it's the it's the same sport, and and tactically, it's it's more or less the same. Um, 
so I, I do feel I could also be be a coach on on the ATP tour, but I don't know you. I st I started on the WTA tour. I got opportunities WTA tour. Um, people know me better at the mm -hmm. WTA tour. So I I and, and to be honest, I, I've always enjoyed mm -hmm. working working with uh, the fem with females, um, and I I don't see men's tennis as an upgrade for mm -hmm. myself. If I can work with with the best females in the world, I'm I'm super happy and I really enjoy it. And I, I, yeah, I don't think working with a, with a male would be would be a better job. So if for me. given a chance, whom would you like to coach on the men's side presently? Um, probably someone like Alcaraz. Alcaraz. <laughs> That's a, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, yeah. He I would def I would definitely also enjoy mm -hmm. to watch the matches. Yes. Alcaraz definitely. <laughs> no, but I mean, there there's there's so many there's so many good play good young players mm -hmm. also like Felix or Holger Rune. Um, probably forgetting a, a lot of players, but I think it's a mm -hmm. fantastic generation. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So, nice to know that. And I have one last question for you. There are so many tennis enthusiasts out there in the world, and they are trying. They are aiming to become a tennis coach, just like just like what you do. So, what is that one piece of advice you would like to give those tennis enthusiasts and budding coaches? Um. Well, first of all, I knowledge mm -hmm. knowledge is power. So the more the more you know about about your job, the more of an expert you can become. Um, the more the more chances you have. It's it's of it's it's really not easy to to become a tour coach to get that chance with an international player. But the more you put yourself also in a position like working maybe going to to big academies where international like players or tour players come maybe in the preseason to prepare and they get to know you i think that's that that is that is that could be a good step you know um maybe first as as a hitting more into a coach um to get to get to know the tour to learn from maybe maybe uh, older coaches or more experienced coaches but i will always start with the base the base is always knowledge know what you're talking about know the tactics know the technique no try to become technically the best you ever can so many good books out there so many good seminars also online so and 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 teach a lot of different levels so you can i don't know help them to correct their technique and become better every day and then yeah i would say like try to get a position somewhere in an international academy a big academy where top players play and then who knows there there's a window to mm -hmm. to to get that great, dream job. Great piece of advice. So thank you very much for your time during the festive season. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New You're Year welcome. to you and your family. Thank you too. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. You too. And have a nice day Thank you day very ahead. much. All right. Lovely talking to you. Bye. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye.